Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. So we pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this hour. Speak through my mouth, Lord, and bless all of us. Bless your people, and let your name, Lord, be glorified. Thank you, Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Praise ye the Lord. Today, I was, many times, it's very, it's becoming very tough to figure out which topic the Lord will want us to, to share, because I have so many things we can share. But I decided and said, okay, I prepared two or three sermons. And the Lord kind of helped me to join them together. The title of this, many of us are familiar with this terminology in the body of Christ. Elijah sins. Elijah sins. That seems to be the topic I'm going to talk about today. But I also like to call it faith for the supernatural. Part two, because many of you have seen the little booklet that I put out. That was a sermon that was preached in the 1990s or something like that. Fit for the supernatural. And we can go from First John chapter 1. The epistle of First John chapter 1. Just to more or less do a rebuttal on that fit, of that, uh, fit for the supernatural. And then... I'm going to tie it to what we mean by the Elijah sins. That we all believe that God is calling people at this end time to be in that category of Elijah sins. And what, what does it mean by Elijah sins? And I will briefly summarize that. First John chapter 1, verse 1. Somebody put that on the screen for me. He said, this is Apostle John telling us about how, how they come to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, what did he mean by something we have heard about? Let me just summarize it for you here. In the days of Apostle John, the rabbis have been telling them about Moses spoke about a prophet is coming. Moses spoke about a prophet is coming. Because when you search the Bible, you see some stories like said, Martha was talking to Jesus Christ in John chapter 11. He said, I believe you are the son of God that should come into the world. Where did that idea come from? The rabbis have been telling them some of these things that there is a Son of God, or is going to be a Messiah, and they, they were expecting something in that generation. So, Apostle John said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. What is this word of life? Many of us know that I can give a testimony of myself when I was growing up, not even a believer, just following my parents to mosque, whatever, and so I'm going to church. And 10 years old, we would discuss this thing and say, supernatural power. God can do great things. God can do all things. And we say, well, this mighty thing, what who can do it? We say, God. 
Then we were told about some men of legend in the olden days. Things happened, like Elijah the prophet, like Moses. And King David in Psalm 44 also mentioned the same thing. Our fathers have told us, oh God. Because people always look back to what has happened in the past and say, God did great things, wow. And then they look for the future and never see what God is doing in their time. Because King David, we can look back at King David's time and say, wow, King David, he killed Goliath. But in his own time, he was still looking back to Moses. God divided the rest for our fathers. And by the time of the Apostle John, they were hearing these same legendary stories. How God did great things for their fathers. And that is what he was talking about. We have heard about it. He said, now he manifested to us. Which means, this same spirit. It's a spirit. That was working from the days of old. That I manifested to a man called Enoch. Told, told Enoch, follow me. And Enoch followed him till he disappeared without seeing it. Manifested some people, Abraham, manifested some people with some small promises, some bigger promises, but he has given the promise to everybody. But it's a spirit. And it was manifested to man because he created this man, woman oh, upon him. And that was what Apologians said, we heard about him. Our fathers told about him. He manifested to us. You can look at the story in the book of Judges. Gideon said, where is all these miracles that our father told us? Now the Midianites are pursuing us who are running Elta Skelter. But the angel of the Lord was there. He manifested again to Gideon and said, oh, you can go in this your strength. He said, not me. He said, well, I've sent you. Have I not sent thee? The same spirit was manifesting. And that was what Apostle John was saying in this first John. He said, what we have heard with our ears, now we saw him, he manifested to us also. And he said, now, for verse 2, he said, for the life, it is a life, it's a life, was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, that was verse 2, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. In short, what he was saying was that the life these prophets of old lived, that great things happen to them, mighty things happen to them, that we talk about them as men of legion. That life is actually a spirit. And they were following him, and great things we have heard about Elijah, Elisha, all those things, it manifested to Apostle John. Say, we have seen him, let me show you, in Gospel of John, chapter 2, or chapter 1. When they saw him, when they saw this spirit, that manifested to them, look at what they were telling one another. In John chapter 1. I'll show you in a moment. One of, the, one, of the, one of the people, Philip. In verse 44 and 45. Now, Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip founded Nathanael and said unto him, what did he say to Nathanael? We have found him. You mean they were looking for somebody. They were looking for this man, this spirit that was manifesting life. They were looking for that life. They said, we have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did right. Now he gave him the name Jesus of Nazareth. The son of Joseph. He thought he was the son of Joseph. 
And Nathaniel said, well, can anything come out of Nazareth? But when Nathaniel finally saw him, he said, Thou are the Son of God. So what am I saying? Apostle Paul is saying, this same spirit that manifests to our great, great men of old that we know great things happen to them, through them, he has manifested to them. But you know something? He has manifested to us also. The Lord Jesus Christ is his name. And he's calling you and me to come unto him. So that these supernatural things that happen, let me just list some of them that we read about. Start from Genesis chapter 50 or chapter 30, you, verse 37, you see Jacob's rod. That looks like, is that supernatural? Jacob's rod, he put rods in the water and the animals were drinking from that water where he put the rod and the animals were conceiving whatever he preferred. Ring streaks and stripes. Supernatural. Moses' rod. You know the story of Moses? The rod turned to serpent. And many other things that happened. He also mentioned water turned to blood with the rod of Moses. He turned dust to lies in the rod of, with the rod of Moses. He divided the Red Sea with the rod of Moses. He bring water out of the rod with the rod of Moses. Those are supernatural things. It looked like, well, scientists may try to explain all of these things. But see, these are the things that they heard and say. How did they get this thing? What was manifested to them? That same life that manifested from the beginning and it's manifest, it came to them in the days of Apostle John. And they followed him. And now they have reported it to us and we are also following him, Jesus. And he's calling you also. And that was what this faith for the supernatural about that you would have to realize that these supernatural things that happen, it can still happen. And God is still calling you and me to come and follow. Because when you follow him, people say, oh, you can't get anything from this God. is so holy. You can't get anything. He say, he will help you with that. He say, come as you are. Praise the Lord. And then when you come, he will cleanse you. Praise the Lord. Now, that, you can go on after all these great men, Elijah the prophet, fed by ravens. Elisha did some wonderful things in Israel. Send away the Syrian army and many other things that you have read about. Then came the, the Spirit Himself, Jesus Himself, manifested to man or not. And so it's like the one that I've been saying. So the Bible says, This is the light that shined, that lighted every man that coming into the world. That was Jesus. Now He came by Himself. He came by Himself. The man that I've been saying, that I've been manifesting to these men of old. Now he appeared and said, John, you see, you, they didn't recognize him. He was calling them, follow me. Has anybody ever did that before him? Not Moses. I mean, he saw this man that was Levi, they call him Matthew, Pascoletto, follow me. And he followed him. Peter and his brother he said, I will make you fishers of men. He was calling people. And that is, that you make them, that you have given them an opener. Who is this fellow calling them to follow him? No other prophet has ever done that. Because he is the, he's the one that has been sending all these prophets all along himself manifested as a prophet. And then he, and he said, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. No man take my life from me. But he they always say he shrouded himself in mystery. Now what happened after he resurrected 
enter into the room with them and say, well, they were all scared. Said, Why are you scared? Touch me and see that a spirit has no flesh and bone as you see me have. It was not a ghost. Because they have heard of people can, there are many people who are afraid to go to the places where they have the, the grave places. And but Peter was not afraid. He went there and said, well, the body is not here, all right? But when they manifested to them, they were scared. Maybe they have seen a spirit, a ghost. They said, touch me and see. It is the same physical flesh and bone that was sleeping in the grave, that was crucified, that he took out. But now he has transformed to something that he can appear, he can disappear, he can come in, he can come out. And that is what he is taking us to. Because he said, follow me and you will be like me. You want to be like Jesus? That is the call. He's calling us to come and be like him. The, the God man himself, when he manifested, he was showing to us that if you follow me, he said that you will be like me. He said, come. When he started calling them, I remember a testimony real quick. I was in this place and Lord, it was in the vision. Lord said, follow, and I was following him. And when he, before you follow him, you are going to be led to pick up some gems. Say, pick this one up. You need this one. As you pass in, following him, say, pick that one up. You are going to need that one. Because we are what? We are soldiers of Christ. Praise the Lord. That is what the Lord is. He's going to deck you. He's going to deck you with that supernatural. So you want that supernatural power? He's going to deck you with supernatural power, but you have to first come as you are. And then he's going to cleanse you up. Sanctification. I was saying in that first part, I said, the very important thing is God wants you to be sanctified. Because this power that we are talking about, the supernatural power, he wants to deck us with. You can't use it wrongly. You can't abuse it. You have to use it the way he wants. And how does he want? It is righteousness, holiness, love. That's one of the things that he said he will want to sanctify you first and put in you his kind of spirit, humility. He will want to put that in us before we can use his power. Because many of us want this supernatural power. We want to be able to do this, cast out devils and do, and but he said, all of those things will come when we become sons of God. When we become like him. So the first important, the most important thing is trying to get us to be like him. Because many people want his power that he demonstrated on earth, but that power comes when you become like him. If you are a son, you can go into your father's house and open the refrigerator and take anything you like and eat also. But if you are just a beggar, Knocking on the door, can you give me something? They hand you out, go, go away. They just hand you something. Many people, they're just trying to get something from the Lord. But he wants you to be a son. Amen? And to be a son, you've got to have his characteristics. You have to be what? Saints. And that's where I get into where we call Elijah saints. Why, do, why is the terminology Elijah saints for this end time? Because open, give me Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, verse 4. The Lord said, remember ye the Lord of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Oreb for all Israel, with his statutes and judgments. Next verse, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great 
and dreadful day of the Lord. Why did the Lord say Elijah the prophet? And the Lord Jesus Christ also gave us another thing when he was preaching. He said, the least in this kingdom, in the kingdom of God, is going to be greater who? Greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist has the Elijah anointing. Because he told them when they were saying, didn't the rabbi say Elijah should come first? He said, Elijah has already come, and they have done the same thing, which means John the Baptist came in form of Elijah the prophet. Not the old Elijah that went up. It's the Elijah's anointing. Now God said, I will send them Elijah the prophet again. He's simply saying, he's going to send that anointing again. And that's why people, believers and listeners say, there's going to be Elijah company of saints. Company of saints. But let's look. What are the characteristics of the Elijah the prophet that we are talking about? Fearlessness is what I want to first point out. Fearlessness. Remember Elijah the prophet, the first time they saw him, he stood before Ahab the king. In 1 Kings chapter 17. And proclaimed that there will be no rain, no dew, except by my word. And they thought, well, who is he? And let him go. Until they were looking for him when there was no rain. They were looking everywhere for him. And they couldn't find him. And that was... And then it came at another point where he was standing, he had to call fire to destroy. Those are confrontation with the armies of the world. But that is some fearlessness that you are ready to stand before kings, which John the Baptist had because the arrow had to cut his head off. So that is the fearlessness of John the, of, of John the Baptist that is also characteristic of Elijah the prophet. And I said, we are called to be saints of the Most High God. Every one of us, we are called to be saints. And what are saints? You can see the first place the word saints were mentioned is in the book of Daniel. Chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. Daniel said the, the one saint was talking to another saint. And people thought, well, there must be some group of angels in heaven. No, God is saying, we human beings are the saints. That are being made since. And then you see the reference to it in all the letters of Apostle Paul. When he said, to the saints. Philippians chapter 1 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. All of those places, Apostle Paul said, we are called to be saints. You and I, the call of the Lord upon us is to make us saints of the Most High God. When you are born again, you are a saint of God. Holy people. Now, he said we are to come to the perfecting of the saints. So we need to be perfected. Amen? So if we are to be perfected, that is bringing us to that level that God wants Elijah saints. Where you can stand and declare the name of the Lord, not being afraid for your life. Because in the book of Revelation chapter 12, what the Bible say, how did they overcome the dragon? Verse 11. So they overcame the dragon by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and, you see, conjunction, and they love not their lives unto the death. So that is what God is expecting from you and me. As saints, get to that Elijah company of saints, to that level, you love not your life unto the death. Then God can really use you. 
then God can really build you up to the point where he can put the power that you saw, power for the supernatural. Faith for that supernatural will begin to rise up in you because you are no more afraid for your life. You are ready to stand before kings and tell the truth in love. Amen? Because sometimes people, when people are young, they, they want to tell the truth, but they turn into fight. Fist fight. No, he said, you're still telling the truth in love, but you're not going to shake. You're not turning back. This is the truth. And they might slap you for telling the truth. They might really be angry at you for telling the truth, but you are still going to tell the truth in love. Like you see the story of Stephen, the first martyr in the, first, in the New Testament. We would, they told them the truth to the point the Holy Ghost said, you stiff naked. He was telling this, all of these Jews and rabbis and Sanhedrin, stiff naked. Well, it's, it's the Holy Ghost that's talking through him by this time. And they stoned him for that. And he was killed. But when he was dying, he said, lay down this to their charge. That is the, the humility, the love God wants to get in us. We must get to that level where we can say, lay down this to their charge. Because the Holy Ghost is in control of our body, of our soul. Praise the Lord. So that is the sense that is calling out to be saints. And remember, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 30, he already told us that we are to become like angels. We are to be as angels when we are all completed. We'll be as angels. Because many times people wonder that uh, when you look at the book of Revelation, we are the seven angels. That's what Apostle John called them. The seven angels that are the seven last plagues of the wrath of God to go and point upon the earth. It was said that they were angels. Revelation chapter 16. Starting from chapter 15. These seven angels appeared in heaven, clothed in white. And they were the one that all the vows of the wrath of God, they're going to pour upon you. But you see something? John, Apostle John said, the first, after they have done that thing in chapter 16, one of them came to Apostle John and said, come, let me show you the judgment of the great war. That was when he showed to him the Babylon, the mystery Babylon. Another one among the seven angels, the first one, after that one showed to him, he said he wanted to fall down and worship this angel. He said, wait a minute, I am one of you. I am one of you. It means that angel was not a spiritual angel, it was a saint. A believer that has passed on. Could be old-time believer, old-time saints, Old Testament saints or New Testament saints, they have passed on. God is making us become angels. So that is the purpose I'm pointing that one out. The second angel, the second angel showed to him that come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife, and he showed him the city, the New Jerusalem. And when he said he wanted to fall down before these angels, he said, no, I am one of the prophets. So what am I saying? I'm saying we, saints of God, we are children of God, we are going to become like angels in the end. So those are just Bible points to make us to see that yes, this is what God planned for you and me. To bring us to that Elijah company of sins, we must remember the fearlessness. I'm going to point to, sec- point to Second Samuel chapter 23 in a moment. In Second Samuel chapter 23, I talk about fearlessness. Because this, well, this, this race we are, we are in is actually a warfare. We are in a battle. Remember that. We are in a warfare and we are in the army of God. And it's not a physical war battle, it's a spiritual battle. 
You have to remember that. What Jesus Christ gave to us, he said, in my name, they shall cast out devils. This sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Now, wait a minute. Remember that he said, Satan has a kingdom. And he said, no man can go into a strong man's house without first buying that strong man. And then you can spoil his goods. So then you know that it is kingdom of God against the kingdom of Satan. So and he said, he has given us authority to cast out devils. So then you have to know that if you are going to cast those devils, out, this is a war. Those devils want to fight. They want to resist. Also. So that you have to then know that we are in a warfare. And look at examples of men that have been in physical warfare. So that we can, that's why Apostle Paul was comparing our armor with the Roman armor. Remember? In Ephesians chapter 6, where he said, put on the old armor of God. Why? Because we are in a warfare. You want to go and cast the devil out, you have to remember, this is a war. You say, well, I have authority about that devil, but you see, that's, it's a kingdom. They will do a retaliation. They might. They will try to do a retaliation. Or what they call a you attack and they do a counter-attack, as some people call it in the army. So those things happen in the, in, the, in the spiritual world also. So that's why you have to know that you have to put on the whole armor of God. But you see, there is a fearlessness that must come with fighting the battle for God. And that is what you see in the soldiers. And I want to point to one single thing here in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8. You see the story of the, they call it the mighty man of David. Mighty man of David is what they call it. So these be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The chief among the captains. The same was Adino the Esmite. He said he lifted his spear against 800 men whom he slew at one time. Adino the Esmite. He lifted his spear against 800 men. And these 800 men have swords and spears and javelin or whatever they can and he slew them at one time. How can you fight 800 men? So you can tell, well, supernatural. Take a look, faith for the supernatural. But you see, before you can even face five men in a, in a combat, you must have ready to die. That's what I'm trying to point out in this story. This man, what characterizes them is fearlessness. They've given their life for this thing. And what did Lord Jesus Christ tell us? For those who, he said, if you want to be my disciple, what did he say? You must hate your life. If you don't hate your father and your mother and your, and your own life also. That is the fearlessness. You cannot be my disciple. Is what he said. So, this message that you are pointing out here, it is the message that the Lord has actually pointed out to us all along. You want to be his disciple, you must count your life as nothing. And carry your cross and follow me. Is what he said. What does that really mean? I always explain this way. In the days of the Roman Empire, the cross is what they used to execute criminals. So they, all the Jews knew what it meant when they said carry your cross. Because when, they have con when the governor has condemned this fellow that he, he was criminal and they now want to execute him, they crucified him on the cross. And the man will have to carry that cross while the, the soldiers are whipping him, take it to the place where they are, they are going to crucify him. 
So they were all aware of what the Roman Empire was doing. And Jesus Christ said, if you want to follow me, he's carrying the cross. So they understood that he's saying it's the death sentence. Why is it a death sentence? Because you are going against Satan, who is controlling this world. And Christ comes to set up his own kingdom. But he said, I've given you authority. You just have to learn how to use it. And there will be some counter-attack. You just have to know that you are standing with God. And God is fighting for you. Because he never goes to battle and lose. Our God never goes to any battle and lose. Let's take the story of Gideon. Gideon in the story, in the book of Judges. Gideon was in the generation where the Midianites have come against Israel. And they were just harassing them, taking their food. Gideon was trying to hide his food. And the angel manifested to him and said, we we'll go in this judgment. You drive this Midianites away. In the end, God gave him the confidence to go. So he called all the people together, 200 something thousand, 30,000 gathered together to fight the Midianites. And God said, announce anyone that's afraid should go back home. Anyone that's afraid. Or they have just got married. They don't want to die in the battle. Go back home. And there's about 20 something thousand went back home. Remaining 8,000. 8, but the enemy they are going to fight was like a million. With all their donkeys and horses. And God looked and said, hey, 8,000, they are still too many. So you are two men. Okay, bring them over here and let them drink water and I will test them for you. Anyone that drink like a dog, lapping, separate them and the rest drinking like this, separate them. And 300 men, they were lapping with their hand like a dog like this. While the other put their mouth in the, in the water. And say, okay, those 300 men, keep them, send the rest home. So those 300 men are the one I'm going to use to deliver you. And they went to the army, to the battle, and you can read the rest of the story, I think Judges chapter 6 or something. And they won the battle. See, God was looking for something in every individual of us. We are all called to be saints. Like God said, many are called, but few are chosen. So, they were all Israelites. You have to remember, they were all Israelites. So, nothing wrong that they, they were sent home does not mean they are not acceptable as Israelites. We all see, but say God is choosing those whom you see, these are the ones that can be fearless. But look at what they were to do when they went to that battle for, the, for Gideon. They were not going to fight with their sword. They were just to follow instruction. And not, not choose obedience, number one. They must follow instruction. That's obedience. But if, if, if they are thinking humanly, they will say, this is suicide. You can't go to war like this. So they were like suicide bombers. I can use terminology that I use for them. I say, 300 men against million, they were going to commit suicide. And that is the fearlessness that I'm pointing out that Adino DS-90, a spear against 800 men, he was ready to die. He given his life for this thing. And but God came upon him and made him fight the battle and won the battle and the people have to flee. Samson, you know the story of Samson. God said he was going to begin to, to deliver Israel from the Philistines. He himself just alone against thousands of soldiers. 
You say, well, that's the anointing of the Lord that was protecting him. Yes. But say, God wants to give that authority only when he has seen that you are ready to give your life. You have given your life to him, then he is ready to be free. See, if you try to save your life, say you will lose it. That's what the Bible says. Those that try to save their life, they will lose it. So that is the point I'm saying. We are called to be what? To be saints. And he's calling us, this edification is to make you want to be the Elijah company of saints. The fearlessness that he's calling you to come and stand for him. An example, there will be there will be some testimonies that we can give where the Lord has said, okay, let me give a particular testimony. Long time ago when I was just finishing college and I waited upon the Lord and I waited and maybe after a long fast and the Lord came in one vision one morning, that's on my bed and he pulled me, my spirit into a place where I was, they preached to these people in that vision, preached to them. It's like a town, like a city. And I started announcing Jesus coming soon and turned into a riot. And they were coming against me in that vision. It's a vision now. Coming against me, I mean, they, they hated the gospel. Also. And I was turning to calling fire from heaven and the Holy Ghost lightning was coming against them. And the Lord made me to say that those are spirits. What the, the Job said, the inhabitants, the inhabitants that were destroyed from the earth, they say have their locations. God has them somewhere. But God wanted me to experience that this is a warfare. That's why it brought my spirit to that place. And they were afraid to destroy this man that came to preach to them in that vision. But lightning was coming from the above my head against them. And then the Lord pulled me back to my bed. When I wake up, I said, hey, Lord, that's a, that's a battle. That's a war. And I said, let's go again. I'll fight some more. They said, okay. Pull me back again. I find myself in another section. Same thing happened. Now, the Lord was just using that to make me see this is a warfare. Whether you see them like I saw in the vision or not, when you went about preaching in the streets, you better be full of armor of God. He said, put on the old armor of God. Why? Because they were firing at us. They were firing at us in the spirit world. Because you are coming against a kingdom. And they have weapons too. I mean, Satan. Satan is a, king, is a kingdom. But God is saying we are to recognize whom we are in Christ Jesus. The authority he has given to us, you have to recognize it in Christ Jesus. Amen? And when you recognize your authority, then use it. And stand your ground. Because some of those things I said, when they came against us, you feel the pain. Not that you don't feel anything. You may feel the pain. You may feel some struggle, but see, when you stand your ground, then God is standing with you. And that's why the Bible said, you put on the armor of God, if there is no firing of arrow, you don't need the shield of faith. If there is no enemy to fight, there is no need for all this armor that the Apostle Paul described in Ephesians chapter 6. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6 and read the armor that was reported to us. Ephesians chapter 6. Where he said, put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wires of the enemy. And having done all to stand. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wires of the devil. Now, we have not described what are the wires of the devil because they are in different forms. 
They are in different forms. Every hour of the enemy is not just to make you sick of headache or virus or cancer or those type of things. Those are also wise, those are also arrows of the devil. But the, the very common one is sin. That is the first, we call it a rope. When you want to cow arm from the cow family, we dominate the meat market in my, in, my, in my clan, my father's house. So we have cows. If we want to catch the cow, they make a loop in the head of the cow, like the cowboys you have seen in the, in the movies. And we throw it to the cow and it's hung, get it hung. That is what the sin is. They will try to get you, they try to throw sin at you. And you get your horn now, you got you trying to dry you in, dry you in. Then the next person is to put a rope in the leg of the cow so that we can get the cow to where we want to get the cow to. So sin, Bible says it's a reproach to any people. So that is what the devil will first use. Those are part of the wires of the enemy, and we have described them in many other areas. That that sin, whether it is jealousy, can become a sin, or anger, or pride, those are all sins that the devil can use. And once you get that, he's trying to draw the cow in for slaughter. And that's one of the times we say, oh, those could be doors whereby sicknesses come in and diseases come in. And all so you all know some of those things. But put on the old armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See what I'm talking about? We are not wrestling against men. Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, remember I said we are called to, that's to come to the level of Elijah's sins. The company of Elijah's sins. Because God said, I will send to you Elijah the prophet. Because at this end of the world, it, it, things are still going to be tougher and tougher, rougher and rougher in this physical world. No matter what the devil is throwing, it could be in form of this or that, and we know the mark of the beast. We're going to be final thing where it's going to be are you going to take the mark or you are going to give your life when they come to that point? But see, all of those things will take place, but believers that know the word of God are going to have to stand. You're going to have to stand the test of time. So whatever it is, we are going to stand, putting on the armor of God, and he went on to tell us this armor. Stand there from verse 14, having your loins got about with truth. This word of God we are talking about, the truth, you must know the truth. So that you don't fall for, for as prey to the enemy. Because during the time of the mark of the beast that will come in the end, there will be some groups, even that maybe churches have say that's not the mark. But you know the truth to say, I'm not going for this. Because it will be around before the rapture takes place, they will begin to see these things manifest. Verse 15 says, and your feet. Verse 14, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now you are ready to pray. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all sins. So after you have put on the whole armor of God, then you have the sword. Then you are about to fight. So remember that. 
and the Lord is on your side, and the Lord is covering you and carrying your back. And we have to remember that, and we have to know that it is all the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse, first Peter chapter 2, verse 9, as I will wrap it up. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We, every one of us, have been called to be saints. Apostle said, call it, say, but ye, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. A peculiar people. What's the purpose of this? That ye should show for the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when we say we are on God's side, it is the Lord that is fighting the battle. The battle is the Lord's. But see, God needs human beings. Take, for example, when he sent Moses. Moses said, send somebody else. I cannot talk. And God said, no, you have to be the one to do it. But God needed somebody to stand on the stage with him. Everything that Moses did, who did it? The Lord. He said, well, what do you have in your hand? He said, I have a rod. He said, well, that's what I'm going to use. Whatever you have in your hand, God will use that. So God used the rod that he has been holding all along, using it to drive all these sheep and cattle. He said, well, use that. Use it to smile the water as you turn to blood. It is God that was doing it. But he still needs need human beings. So he has chosen you and I as the human beings that he has called. And he's calling every other one. You that's listening on the line, if you are not really a believer, God is calling you. Come as you are and he will take you with the power, sanctify you, and then send you out to go and witness for him. And you that's already a believer, he's inviting you to get hotter for Christ. Count your life as nothing because he has said, if you cannot even hit your own life, you cannot be my disciple. You have, to rec- you have to take the gospel like that. That is first and foremost. And then follow him. Follow him. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So like I was saying, he is calling us to come to that level of Elijah prophets, Elijah sins, so that he can use us. Because why Elijah? Because that is the level that Christ said, the least in his kingdom will be greater than this Elijah. And the characteristic that we can tell is that fearlessness. We give our life because he has given his life for us, so we give our life to follow him. That is what he has called us onto. I say, count the cost of being a disciple. And if I will invite you that are here, I will ask you if you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. I've been following the Lord, but sometimes I got shaking, I tremble because of what I'm going through almost backing off, but God is saying, he will stand with you only when you stand firm, ready to lay down everything. Give an example of the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel. There will have been no story to tell if these men were not ready to die for what they believed. If they were not going into that fire, there will be no story to tell. God did not show up when they were still being tried by Nebuchadnezzar. Because God could have done it many other ways. Also. He could change the mind of Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't do that. He just waited. But these men were ready to die. They said, we are, even if God, if you throw us in that fire, we are not ready, we are not going to bow. Just throw us. Our God, we are ready to die is what they are saying. Our God can deliver us from fire, that's no problem. 
But if he does not, we are still not going to bow. And then Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He said, make that fire seven times hotter. Throw them in there. So it has to be a miracle if they ever escape. Because the men that carry them to the fire, they don't stop. Get inside there with them. Throw it. Don't throw them at the entrance. He said, because the king's anger was so hot against these men, he said, carry them inside. He wanted to see them carry them inside. And those men that carried Nebuchadnezzar, these two boys, or the three men, they themselves died in the fire. They said, God was waiting for them in the fire. So if you don't want, if you want God to deliver you, you must be ready to go into the fire. Within. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying that the Lord is simply saying we have to come to fearlessness, ready to lay everything down for Him. Then He is ready to give uh, his, his power for us. And He chooses by the sovereignty of God. He chooses when He will do that. So don't say, Well, I will wait for one hour, Lord. If you don't come in one hour, I'm backing off. No, then you have not known Him. Because the first Peter, James, and John. Everybody remember the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, James, and John. Herod got mad and said, well, I need to stamp out this Christianity. So he said, who is the leader? He saw Peter or James. So he thought James must be the leader. So he got James. And the Bible said, and he killed James with the sword. God, the Lord didn't do anything. God didn't show up. So don't think, well, gee. And then he said, well, now I got James. And he wondered, say, Go find out what the rabbis, what the Sanhedrins thought about this. And so the Sanhedrins, they were happy that Herod is going to take care of these people for us. So now Herod was happy, said, let's just take the next one. God Peter. If he had been successfully, successful in killing Peter, he would have said, round up everybody. He would have rounded up every one of them. But he got Peter. But then prayer of the saints were crying unto God. And the angel of the Lord came and got Peter out of the jail. The supernatural God. We are talking of, we are following the supernatural God. He will use that supernatural power as he wills, when he wants. But every one of us are called to leave it all on the altar for him. Give up your life for him. That is what is required. That's the requirement. When you say you are making some engineering designs, what are the requirements that the customer wants? This team must do this. That's the requirement. So Christ said, that's my requirement. Give it all, your life. Then he chooses to use his power for you and for me. So don't be afraid. See, that's why Christ said, don't be afraid of he that can kill the body and cannot do anything anymore. But fear him. Who is not just going to kill the body, but will throw the soul and the spirit into hell fire. Then, that's the one to fear. Because how many years can you live on this planet? How many years? Physically, 120. As of now, 120 maximum. I don't know anybody that's living up to that. In the days of King David, they were saying, oh, 70 years, even 80, we are more. You must be strong to get 80. Now we get people to 90-something. Billy Graham, almost 99 also. Before I pass on, many of the elder, elder people, they eat something, and that is good as far as men are concerned. Even if you are strong enough, maybe you get 120 years of, like Moses. But that is little compared to eternity. Eternity that we are talking about, that's why Christ said, hey, 
Don't be afraid of man that can kill the body, but fear him who not only will kill the body, will throw the soul into air fire. And from air fire, they go to the lake of fire with Satan. So that's the one we should fear. And then we are ready to lay down our life for him because he is the Lord. And then he actually said, he will do as he will, he will show up when he wants to show up. And he's showing up just to show to the devil. Look at what is going on in our generation. Boko Haram, Al Qaeda, extremists, jihadists, in many other places. There were stories of people that in, in Iran or Afghanistan, they give their life to Christ and the, their parents wanted to kill them for that purpose. Occasionally they were successful. Occasionally they persecuted them so severely. Occasionally God showed up. We had the story of a, a young woman that was formerly part of them, part of the extremists in Nigeria. And she gave her life to Christ and then they wanted to kill her. But the Lord showed up by supernatural miracles. So God can show up as when he wants, as he likes, anytime he wants. And if he does not show up, we are ready to lead our life. That is what he's asking for. And let's start up. That fearlessness. I didn't know this night. <laughs> the Lord had a sense of humor. Let me give you this story of a sense of humor. I preached this, this, verse, this uh, sermon many years ago, maybe in GMI, a long, long time ago. And that night, I mentioned I didn't know this night, the, one of the mighty men of David. And I said, the Lord has a sense of humor. And that night I slept. And I was, and I'm we wake up when the Lord wakes me up at 2, 3, 4 a.m. And maybe I was so tired and I just couldn't wake up and somebody was stopping me. I couldn't wake up. And the Lord spoke to me and said, look at that, I didn't know the S night. <laughs> if you want to be, I didn't know the S night, you better wake up and pray. Amen? Amen? Wake up in the dead of night and pray. Praise the Lord. So when you say the fearlessness, what's our weapon? This prayer. This, this armor that we are talking about. Those are the weapons he has given to us. And the weapons, the work, the word of God, the work, the life of Christ that you must live, the work. Amen? So let's pray and just thank the Lord. Just ask the Lord, Lord, give me the grace, the confidence, the boldness, not to be afraid. I lay down my life for you, Jesus. Why? Because you already laid down your life for me. And it started from this elementary, somebody wanted to laugh at you for witnessing, for being a Christian. And you are afraid of that. Somebody wanted to ridicule you. You are afraid of that. Not, then maybe you got to the point where somebody wants to fire you because you are a believer. Are you afraid of that? Nobody is putting a gun at your face yet. Apostle Paul said, we have not, we have not what? He said that we have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So that is, we have not gone to that far where they said, confess Christ or deny Christ or we gun you down. See? That's already happening in our generation. In Iraq. ISIS. In our northern Nigeria. Boko Haram. It's already happening. Where they said, you better come and join their Islam or they will kill you. See? And that's why Apostle says, we have not resisted unto blood yet. And now you are not even able to witness somebody because he might laugh at you in your school. Or he might uh, ridicule you. Or he might uh, not be your friend anymore. Be ready to lay down everything for Christ when you know whom you are serving. And when you know where you are going. He said the glory that is going to be revealed in us is worth more than any suffering that we can talk about on this planet Earth. Praise the Lord. Just lift up your hand and talk to the Lord. Say, Father, I thank you, Lord, 
Thank you, Lord, for calling me into this race. Thank you, Lord, for making me your child. Thank you, Lord, Jessica, for sending, for sending this word to me. I give it all to you right now, Jesus. I surrender all my life. I'm not going to be afraid to witness for you. And the Lord will defend you. The Lord himself has defended and he shows when to, when to show up. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this exhortation. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Let that word that is born into the heart of people right now, let it make them to be inspired to stand for Jesus. Knowing that we have to put on the whole armor of God. Because we are not fighting flesh and blood, we are fighting powers, principalities, and forces of darkness. But we always say, the Bible always said they are under our feet. They may try to raise up their ugly hair. We need to stamp it up, stamp upon it. He said, I have given unto you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt thee. And nothing shall by any means hurt thee. Remember, he has already given us that authority. Nothing shall bear him sort of. You know our problem? Many human beings, they will tell you this. When people see a serpent, a snake, even human beings run, they see the snake himself is afraid of us. Nothing shall bear him sort of. He has already given us that, but we are already afraid. And that's why he said the fearlessness. We needed that fearlessness. So thank the Lord and say, Lord, encourage, give, my, give me boldness and fearlessness so that I can stand. So after done, after having no stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, as you give us the grace and strengthen us in the inner man to stand against the wise of the enemy. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go. The person can come forward now. And you that is listening online, if you have not given your life to Christ, all these things we are saying may not mean much to you, but it's inviting you to give your life to him. Surrender your life and he will take care of you and he will take you up. He said, come as you are and he will wash you with his blood and make you a saint of the most high God. Praise the Lord.